0: Welcome to the Thinking Differently podcast, where we explore the new horizons of our rapidly changing world. I'm Rod Collins, your host for today's podcast. As technological innovations continue to transform the rules for how successful businesses work, we challenge business leaders to rethink how they remain competitive in a digitally transformed marketplace. For those of you who joined us for our inaugural season, welcome back. We're excited to bring you a brand new season with 10 new episodes. You will notice that the podcast has a new name, the Thinking Differently Podcast. This new name better reflects the most important challenge facing 21st century business leaders. And that is the need to embrace radically new ways of thinking to successfully meet the unprecedented challenges of a digitally transformed world. Our theme for season two is Collective Intelligence. Collective Intelligence is arguably the most untapped resource in the typical organization. This powerful resource is ignored because it defies all our beliefs for how intelligence works. Regardless of what we may believe, those who understand the incredible power of collective intelligence know that it is a faster pathway to knowledge. Over the next ten weeks, we will learn about the counterintuitive workings of collective intelligence, why debates rarely produce our best thinking, and how to avoid the hazards of experts by integrating the divergent thinking of experts, non-experts, and what we call unusual suspects. We will also reflect upon the difference between mindless mobs and wise crowds, as well as explore how business leaders can use collective intelligence to not only prevent catastrophic business meltdowns, but more importantly, to remain market leaders in rapidly changing times by using this resource to create their futures. In this first episode, we begin by exploring the genius of the people. One of the great ironies of the digital revolution is that while the world has been transformed into a hyper-connected community, where geography is no longer a barrier to instant collaborations across a wide diversity of people, social media platforms have somehow managed to divide us into a collection of fractious tribes that are wholly incapable of even basic compromises. Over the past few years, this fomenting tribalism has become troublesome as mutual accusations of bias among all the various clans have justified a plummet into a lack of basic civil behavior. As is typical of tribal behavior, intense loyalty to one's kind often fosters a false sense of self-righteousness that makes it all too easy to glorify those who think like us and to demonize those who don't. As we look around, it seems that no tribe is immune from the toxicity of self-righteousness. The psychologists Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky in reflecting upon insights gleaned from their study of the hazards of unconscious biases Remind us that we can be blind to the obvious and we are also blind to our blindness. Unfortunately, one of the perils of tribal behavior is that it tends to promote collective unconscious blindness. How is it that technological innovations that held so much promise for broadening human horizons have instead amplified the worst attributes of human nature. But more importantly, what can we do differently to accelerate the best attributes of humanity? The anecdote to tribalism is diversity of thought and an appreciation that all voices matter. If we don't engage with people who think differently, We can't expand our understanding of the world around us. We miss out on opportunities for the serendipity that is the catalyst for breakthrough thinking. And as a consequence, we become prisoners to the tyranny of rigid parochialism. Perhaps this is why the founders of the United States made free speech the cornerstone of their social experiment. In their new form of government, no authority would be able to silence another's voice, no matter how eccentric or quarrelsome. They made a clear choice that the risk of allowing all voices to matter were far less than the pitfalls of silencing even one voice. The Founders had a profound faith in the genius of the people and knew that their best thinking was more likely to emerge from their collective wisdom than from the precepts of an elite few. When the founding fathers made free speech the cornerstone of their new democracy, the only practical social platform for both encouraging and inhibiting open dialogue was the government. At the time, the primary vehicles for the dissemination of ideas were books, newspapers, and speeches made in the public square. In an 18th century world, the government was, for all practical purposes, the only social entity with the wherewithal to exercise censorship. By outlawing government censorship, the founders were able to accomplish the practical mission of assuring free speech and the propagation of a diversity of ideas that they felt were critical to the development of their young nation. For more than two centuries, this bold experiment in free speech and trust in the genius of the people resulted in an explosion of innovation that defined and accelerated the growth of a nation. While certainly far from perfect, this novel, often messy, approach to economic and political organization worked, probably beyond the founders' wildest expectations. However, over the past two decades, new technologies have dramatically reshaped both traditional media and the public square by creating new and unprecedented platforms for social discourse with the practical effect that the government is no longer the sole social entity that can exercise censorship. These new platforms are the social media companies, and because they operate in the private sector, they are not legally bound by free speech laws. This has to change because if the principle of free speech is to remain the cornerstone of social discourse and our pathway to collective wisdom, we need to assure that no authority has the wherewithal to silence the voices of those who think differently in any physical or virtual Public square. The lifeblood of social media platforms are algorithms. An algorithm is a set of rules that is used to process calculations in problem solving. One of the earliest examples of the power of algorithms was the rapid rise of Google in the late 1990s. Google was a late entry into the crowded field of upstart search engines that were vying for the lead position in the burgeoning new market. In the mid-1990s, it appeared that Yahoo would be the likely winner because, at the time, search was an editorial exercise using a cataloging system similar to library science. And Yahoo had the best editorial experts. Instead, an innovative system that relied upon computer algorithms rather than expert judgment enabled Google to become an overnight sensation and the long-time dominant leader of Internet search. Google's original algorithm, called PageRank, used unfiltered collective intelligence rather than editorial experts to rank pages by doing a link analysis to determine which sites were the most visited by the users. While the core elements of Google's algorithms are proprietary, it is clear that over the past two decades the algorithm has evolved from its original rules. In particular, Search today appears to blend collective intelligence with customized personal search patterns. Thus, for example, if you play Powerball on a regular basis and frequently check your numbers by Googling the term Powerball, as soon as you enter the letter P, the full word Powerball will be offered as a search option. Again, we can't be sure because of proprietary considerations, but it appears today the Google algorithm likely reflects some combination of collective intelligence and human steering. Facebook has built similar customization into its evolving algorithms. Early on, the popular site's newsfeed presented its visitors with multiple perspectives on current events. But a few years ago, the algorithm was modified to present only the news that is consistent with people's predisposed narratives. In their book, The Truth Machine, authors Michael J. Casey and Paul vigna point out, Consider how Facebook's secret algorithm chooses the news to suit your ideological bent, creating echo chambers of like-minded angry or delighted readers who are ripe to consume and share dubious information that confirms their pre-existing political biases. The human steering by the custodians of social media platforms appears to be a strong contributing factor to our current state of fractious tribalism. When these custodians are overwhelmingly aligned with one of the tribes, it is not surprising that people aligned with other tribes feel that the human steering is attempting to silence their voices. Whether this claim is true or not remains to be seen, however, Regardless of affiliation or like-mindedness, if the principle of free speech is to remain the cornerstone of social discourse, we need to assure that on any practical social platform, no authority has the wherewithal to silence the voices of those who think differently. Social platforms are powerful forces because they tend to be monopolies. Until the digital revolution, the only practical social platform was the government, which by its very nature has to be a monopoly. None of us would want competing governments that could promulgate conflicting laws, issue competing currencies, and hold different interpretations of our civil rights. If we were subject to two competing governments and two conflicting sets of rules, social trust would break down and the social exchange necessary for daily living would become nearly impossible. Some monopolistic platforms are necessary. However necessary these monopolies may be, social platforms are nevertheless highly prone to abuses of power. As the British historian Lord Acton insightfully observed, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. The American founders understood the dangers of absolute power when in bringing the 13 original colonies into a single government, they deliberately chose to make the people's free speech a supplement to the government's separation of powers, and thus create a dynamic combination designed to thwart the inherent potential for power abuse in their new governmental experiment. In addition, free speech was seen as the key ingredient for making sure That the diversity of the voices of the people and their collective wisdom would serve as a check on the groupthink of well-intentioned but nevertheless self-serving elite leaders. As the digital revolution continues to spawn the unprecedented reality of non-governmental monopolistic social platforms, the leaders of these platforms might want to keep in mind the pertinent wisdom of the American founders. When diversity of thought is absent, as happens when tribalism prevails, the norms and values of the various tribes inevitably morph into articles of unquestioned faith that can be completely intolerant of differing views or perspectives. When this happens, faith can become as socially corrosive as power. As the late philosopher Eric Hoffert noted when he astutely recognized, absolute faith corrupts as absolutely as absolute power. The problem with social media platforms today is that given their inherently monopolistic nature, along with the lack of thought diversity among their leaders, the risk of the dangers of both absolute power and absolute faith are very real. If we are to avoid these dangers, we must demand that social media leaders follow the example of the American Founders by using their platforms to support free speech and building algorithms that integrate the finest elements of diverse perspectives into a higher level of intelligence than any of the tribes could ever conceive on their own. Maybe then, there might be hope for finding a way beyond the endless debates that happen when the world is divided into fractious tribes. More about this in our next episode. Thanks for listening today. Please join us next week for another episode where we will share more engaging stories about the new rules for successfully leading businesses in a rapidly changing world.